the morning after, the movies. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah! Uncensored, spoiler-filled movie reviews and fun only available at xrock.com. I'm gonna scissor kick you in the back of the head. Movie time. Hey, buddy, ever heard of a lie? Hey, have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and being until you... Pissed! Blood! Starts now. I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. All right, welcome to the Morning After the Movies podcast and a special edition streaming Snyder Cut. Uh, we got Randy here and uh, Nick. And uh, now I, I was wondering who should go first here. And, and so, because we have Randy, who, who he hasn't seen the theatrical version. He's only seen the, the Snyder Cut. And then he just watched... Um, Man of Steel and the Batman versus Superman extended cut like yesterday or over the weekend, right? Yeah, I watched all three of those. So a good a good 10 hours of this stuff. That's and the marathon. Who- that's the marathon that I did when I first watched it was I watched Man of Steel again. Then I watched Batman versus Superman, the ultimate cut. Then I watched the original Justice League and then I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, and so that's how I went into this when I first saw this a couple weeks ago. But Randy, you hadn't seen any of this. And I thought that it wouldn't be like, I mean, if you had no inkling of the Snyderverse, this movie would be a complete loss to you. You would have zero setup as to what was going on. So I felt like you needed a little bit of it. And Jay, I, I know at least for me, until I sat down and rewatched Batman versus Superman, I hadn't seen it since the theater and I didn't like it very much. And so I hadn't revisited that movie either. And so you did right. Batman v Superman and then you did the Snyder cut, right? You didn't watch or you didn't rewatch Justice League, the original one, did you? No, I, because I don't have that kind of self-loathing inside of me. And so uh, you, we, we should probably get Randy's perspective first and and see what he thought of the entirety of Zack Snyder's world. And then we'll get yours and I suppose we can get mine and then we'll get into the grades and then we'll get into the spoilers. But overall, yeah. Randy, what yeah. do you yeah. think about it? This is mostly going to be a you guys thing. I'm not going to have a whole lot to offer here, but I don't even know who Zack Snyder was, first of all. I've heard the name, not familiar with the work or what it means to put his name on Justice League. Had no idea. Had never seen the other ones. I didn't know if Batman versus Superman, if there was multiples, because it said Dawn of Justice. I was like, oh, is this like a second one? Is there more of these? So I, I took me a while to actually just watch the one. I always forget that was this, the one this, was... Is the, this is the only movie podcast with somebody who hates movies. And <laughs> that is you, who doesn't see anything. It's amazing. And I'm gonna get a lot, I'm gonna get a lot of angry people after this is over. I can tell oh, you. No, that. no, no, no. I yeah, yeah. At this whole thing. Because uh, so okay, so I start with Man of Steel, which I I, I had a hard time getting into it. I have a hard time getting into a lot of these movies, except for like the Joker. And there's certain things that I like. There's certain elements. I do like most of the Batman stuff. And obviously I was a big fan of the Ben Affleck coming in here because I like Ben Affleck. So I wanted to really like this Batman. This is the first time I've seen anything with him. But okay, Man of Steel. The only thing, and I, I text this to Nick, the only thing I could think of during this movie was going way back to when I was your guys' morning show producer and we got we got the the lady who played Superman's mom on the show, and Big J asked a question about the Armenian army or something like that, about that preparing her for this role or whatever. I don't know why I can't get that out of my head when I'm watching. It's, it's the a crazy question. Scenes. That's why. <laughs> so that's going through my head. So. Uh, you know, uh, some of this, I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. I watch sort of from a distance. If I start to tune out, I'll grab my phone. I don't have you guys there to yell at me uh, like we do in the theater about doing that. But it, it does take, it's hard for me to give it my all uh, attention like I should. Because um, I'm just, I didn't grow up with it. Same with Star Wars. 
I didn't grow up with any of this stuff. And so I just was literally going on nothing, right? And so I kind of understand the Superman story. Uh, the only thing I take from it, I mean, I did get kind of bored with that one. He catches Lois Lane a lot. She seems to fall a lot and he somehow just ends up catching her. Um, that's my big takeaway. That and the, the big J question back to that. Um, but I, I guess it kind of sets it up for the next one. The Batman versus Superman. Um, I like that more because I am a Batman fan. I never really cared about Superman ever. I don't know why. I don't know what happened to my childhood and why I didn't grow up on this stuff when everybody else did. Same with Star Wars. Same thing. The one thing I will say, though, like this kind of stuff versus Star Wars, I like that it takes place in a more real environment where Star Wars are all made up universes and, and all that. Whereas these, you know, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne are regular people in daily life. So I like how it interacts with that. It's more realistic because I like more reality type stuff. Um, so I did like the contrasting characters. And then of course, uh, Wonder Woman coming in at the end was awesome. Cause I did like that movie when we went and saw that in the theater. Um, and so I did like one yet. Did you see 84 or just the first one? No. Cause I just, I saw everybody bashing it so much that I was like, I'm not even gonna, yeah. I'm not even gonna try it. Cause I already am not into it. And then with everybody saying it's terrible, the people that do know what they're talking about and they are into it. So I'm like, no, not even giving that a chance. Um, so I did like that. Cause it was, I just, I like the contrast. I like, I don't know if we're supposed to talk spoilers and that or not. I think it's past enough the, time. The right movies now. have been out for some time you, now. Yeah, you can okay. spoil Man of Steel <laughs> and Batman v Superman at this point. You're not- that was like five enough. years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so I mean, I thought it was, the ending was was awesome. How he kind of, you know, sacrificed himself for whatever Superman did. Um, and I do like Ben Affleck's Batman. I didn't, I didn't know. I, th I think a lot of people thought he might be too cheesy or whatever, if you know him from the other movies. I mean, you got the guy from Mall Rats playing, you know, Batman is kind of a hard thing to grasp, I guess. Um, but I thought he was pretty awesome in, in that role. And so, yeah, I, I, like, I like that movie. I think that was probably my favorite of all three. Batman versus I Superman? Say, I think so, because okay. of the balance of the two. Okay. Here's why. Getting into the next one is how many characters are there at one time it's a lot of backstory it's like being in a room and a bunch of your ex-girlfriends show up right it's just like too many things too much drama too too much stuff happening there was just too many characters and i me not knowing the backstories to most of these characters i'm trying to figure out who's doing what obviously i just saw batman versus superman so i kind of know get, where they you are get the backstory of all the characters in the movie a little they're, yeah they're that was what was nice yeah yeah and that part was nice that it i guess that's okay. why it took four hours that's what i absolutely yeah. hated was the fact that that was four hours batman versus superman was three hours that's just a long even a movie i love four hours is a long time to sit there in front of the screen and not at least for me get distracted or you know not put my attention somewhere else so Ten that minutes was for you is a long time without, <laughs> yeah so that was a yeah that was a struggle that was a big struggle, um, especially when I'm at home and I have distractions that I don't, you know, like in a movie theater, I'm trying to keep my phone in my pocket. So, um, and I don't have those nice reclining uh, seats either that we normally would have that are heated. So that was a struggle too. But yeah, it was a lot. So it, I did appreciate the fact that it had the backstories, but a lot of stuff going on at once. And I still had a hard time grasping, well, I guess, do, how far do we want to go into this one? As, as long far as, as like spoiling it, it's fine. Well, well I mean, kind of it's been out. Does it matter? Well, I mean, I, I guess I'm only thinking about the podcast format. I mean, I, you know, whatever you want to do, I suppose we can do. But I, I figured if it was a little bit more structured, it might make a little bit more sense. But fire away. 
Okay. So I, I guess for me, grasping the fact of Superman coming back, I, I mean, I get, I get what they did and how that happened and all that, but it was, it was a little interesting that they basically dug him out of the grave, right? And brought, and brought him back to be a part of this. And it made sense. I, I assumed it was going to happen because I know that he's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I don't know all that. And then this is going to anger a lot of people too, but I, I literally had to go because I thought the guy who plays dark side or whatever his name is, I thought that was Thanos. From I was confusing my, <laughs> my characters from the other universe. And these are the things I don't understand. That's yeah, okay. not coming. yeah. No, Thanos so is go- essentially a ripoff of dark side. Dark side came yeah. first and Marvel got Thanos and ripped him off. Basically. It's the same thing though. Planet conquering dude. That's all. That's all they really are. The You're same. not wrong so, yeah, in the similarities. I right. mean, they, they are essentially the same. Yeah. I read a whole article that compared why they're different. It was some, you know, nerd out article about sure. the differences and how they're not the same. And so that's when I realized, okay, I think I'm on the right track that I was thinking it's that same, same character essentially. Right. And, and kind of in that same role. So that was interesting because I was able to sort of piece that together with the Marvel stuff that I'm still right. not fully grasping. Right. Cause him. you haven't seen all the Marvel movies. <laughs> no. either, right? yeah. I just know him from certain movies that we have seen. Whatever right. ones we saw in the theater together are the ones that I've seen. <laughs> I've never seen anything outside of any of that. So, mm-hmm. um, so overall, I mean, I think it is cool to have that many characters, but like I said, to me, same with uh, what's Avengers, right? It's just a lot of characters, a lot of stuff going on. Had I grown up with those characters and fully knew all the intricacies of it, I think I would appreciate that so much more, but it was just for me coming from not knowing a lot about it. It was a little bit too much and a little bit too overwhelming. Whereas like the middle one with Batman versus Superman and then, you know, Wonder Woman thrown in there, that was a nice balance. That was enough for me to kind of wrap my head around, I guess. Okay. Um, but my favorite part of all of them, every single one of that I watched is the very, very end of um, Justice League, which I'm sure you can assume why, because it's, you know, because one of my Jared favorite. Leto's in it, right? Because Jared Leto, one of yeah. my favorite actors, musicians, and one of my favorite characters out of all these. But did you see Suicide that, Squad at all? Did, is that one that you skipped? That was one that I fell asleep during. <laughs> well, you're not wrong there. <laughs> so, but that this version of that of Joker was way different than the one he played in Suicide Squad, right? Or was it supposed to be an evolution of that character? It's it's interesting. It depends on who you ask, really. I mean, obviously, it's the same dude, but it's very clearly a different look. He doesn't have any of the facial tattoos or any of the things. So it's 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 the same character, but in this dystopian world. I think, you know, also, I believe that Jared Leto probably heard a lot of the criticism about his Joker and switched it up a little bit because that last part of Justice League is the only part that Zack Snyder reshot. Everything else that you see up until that epilogue, up until that Batman nightmare scene was already in the can. And they just refilmed that. So they got, you know, they got uh, Ben Affleck back together and um, and Jared Leto, and they got a couple of the other characters together to shoot this little kind of scene. But that was that was it. Everything else was, was part of the original plan that Zack Snyder had. And so, um, yeah, so Jared Leto was not part of the original plan until this epilogue or this 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 greenlit um, Snyder cut got actual uh, you know funding, and so I think that par- all of those things played a role in in what Jared Leto did with that particular you know three minutes he was in that movie. Yeah, so that I think that ending clip made the whole four hours worth it to me. I could have gone with just like the last half hour and been cool. Um, <laughs> And moved on. Then you really have no idea just... what's going. Then you probably should watch the Joss Whedon version because that's essentially what you would get. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. See, it's a much I... truncated version of, of that, obviously. So I guess that's the, the question I have then is the Zack Snyder stuff. Like, what, like, does he put his name on it because he wants to differentiate this version versus the other one that's out there? Is he that much better than all so the others? Do you, do you know the backstory at all behind this? 
No, all I okay. know is that everyone just tries to remake all these and it confuses the hell out of me. So Zack Snyder gets the green light for Man of Steel. He makes Batman versus Superman. The version that you watched, again, Randy, is very different than the one that was in the theaters. There's just a, there's a whole nother hour of extra footage in that particular movie that you watched that wasn't in the theatrical version that explained things a little bit better, in my opinion. And then, uh, and then he gets greenlit for Justice League. He makes the movie, shoots about 95% of it, and, and then his, unfortunately, his daughter commits suicide. And so he uh, basically decides that he needs to take some time off for this, this movie because he's got family stuff that he has to deal with. Warner Brothers says, sorry, that's not how we're going to roll. Uh, we have a release date for this movie. We need to get it out. They talked to Joss Whedon, who, of course, is in the, from the Marvel Universe, famous for Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron. Those are the two movies he made for Marvel. And Joss comes in and says... I'd like, and Warner Brothers gives him the the instructions that listen. This this is some dark stuff, and it's very very long. We need you to make an hour and forty minute movie out of this, and uh, and and make it funny. You know, I mean, Marvel's good because it's lighter. It's not so dark. It's not so serious. It's not so brooding and angry. And we want to lighten it up. And so they basically asked Joss Whedon to punch up the script and then make his own version of this Justice League thing. And it comes out, and there's a ton of reshoots. And those reshoots include Henry Cavill, who at the time was filming mission impossible jay i think it was where he had the big yeah, fallout mission and impossible so, fallout and so he they have to do these reshoots with a really bad cgi face for henry cavill and they they, they kind of patchwork this movie all together to make it much much shorter and much much more tolerable obviously and justice league comes out and everybody hates it everybody hates justice league they, they think it's a terrible waste of time and so Zack snyder basically says hey uh just so you guys know even though my name's all over this justice league this is not the movie I wanted you guys to see. It's completely different. They take it in a totally different direction and they leave out a bunch of stuff that I think is very integral to the story. And so there started to be rumors circulating that there was this really long Snyder Cut version of this movie that's very different than the one that you saw in theaters. And uh, because Zack Snyder has a fairly loyal fan base and they want to see it and, you know, all the stars like Ben Affleck and Jason Momoa started tweeting out that they seen it. Ray Fisher, especially Cyborg, was saying that his ver version of the story is completely different and was super pissed about it. And so they all had these horror stories about making the Justice League with Joss Whedon. And then they start to circulate stories and rumors that this Snyder cuts out there. And then Zack Snyder himself says, yes, I've got a four hour cut of this movie. And then everybody goes, that's the Justice League we want to see. HBO Max says we'll pay you $72 million to finish it off with special effects and put it out only for streaming. And boom, now you've got the four hour version of, ja uh, of Snyder's uh, Snyder cut of Justice League. So that's the, the backstory behind it. It's very, very different than what you would have encountered if you saw the different Justice League in the movie theater. So yeah, that's the story. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, this is all new stuff to me. So I'm, yeah. I'm learning <laughs> along. <laughs> You're welcome. But overall, I mean, did you uh, then not enjoyable for you middle of the road or was it worth it at the end because you got a decent story? Do you, would you see more of it? I guess is my question. It's it's for me, it's middle of the road. So like okay. if we're, if we're letter grading, I'd say like a solid C only because I'm not as far into it as everybody is, you know, and I don't want to go f lower than that. Cause I, I get how important these movies are and how much people love them. So I don't want to discredit it either, but for me, but it's kind of surprised how little people love these movies, Randy. I mean, oh, really? there's like few that, that are really into it, but most people are pretty like, they don't really like the direction that Zack Snyder took this whole thing. I mean, Jay and I are really like the only super fans of man of steel that I know. A lot of people don't even like that movie that much. And so, um, you know, it really does depend on who you talk to. So you're not, I don't think you're, you're pissing off a fan base or anything. You can, 
the reason why I wanted you to watch all three of these is because I knew you had no idea about any of these characters going in. So if you just slapped on four hours of Justice League, it's like you're walking around in a wilderness lost. At least if you see those three movies, you know the origin story of Superman. You know why Ben Affleck is pissed and why he wants to rebring you know Superman back because he screwed up so bad in Batman versus Superman. And you kind of have an idea of these characters because if you watched all these or just Justice League, you'd have no idea about Henry Cavill or Lois Lane, why that's important or you know why Kevin Costner's picture shows up in that movie. None of that would make sense to you. At least whether you liked it or not is a different thing, but at least you understood it. Or at least I hope you did. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, background. there's still stuff. It was a lot at once. That So, sure. I mean, some of it's still, I'm still figuring out. And I get confused too, because I really like the Christopher Nolan Batmans. And so I'm like, I know they're way different movies, but I'm trying to still put all the universe stuff together and the don't i mean that's that's the thing like that's what dc is trying to do but they did a really bad job of telling them is you you hear them a couple times in this movie justice league say multiverse right and so that's what they're trying to do they're trying to let like you know multiple versions of different things kind of exist in its own world so like the dark knight the christopher nolan version of batman completely separate than what the Batman that's going on in this universe. The Robert Patterson Batman that we're about to see, totally different story. The Flash that's on TV, very different than the Flash that you're going to see in this movie. They call it the multiverse so that they can have multiple versions of these characters going at once. And if I think they clearly de- they, they more clearly define that, it'd probably make it a little bit easier to, to stomach some of this stuff. But yeah, when you're trying to force, okay, where does Heath Ledger's Joker fit in this world? It, right. you can't. it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's a completely different story. And that's that's why it's supposed to be kind of standalone, but I understand what you're saying. As a casual fan, how do you differentiate between those? You know what I mean? Yeah, I get lost. And then the DC versus Marvel, trying to figure out which ones are which. It's yeah. it's hard to put together, but I'm open. I mean, just like Star Wars, I'm open to it. That's why after we saw the, the newest Star Wars in the theater during one of those podcasts, and then I watched some of the Mandalorian with my family, I'm like, okay, I want to put all this stuff together and figure out what's going on. So that's when I spent like that Christmas break going through watching the whole timeline of Star Wars when Disney yeah. Plus came out. And I'm glad I did because I felt like at the end of it, it was a lot to take in over that short period of time. But I, I understood it a little bit more than I ever did. And so same with this. I'm At some point, I'd like to like understand it more and feel like I can keep up on conversation with you guys when you're going like deep into the stuff. But for me right now, it's just like surface level. I hear you. I hear you. So, so overall average, Big J, your thoughts? Uh, well, let's see. Let's go back to, yeah, I haven't seen um batman versus superman <clears throat> since we went and saw the movie or you know the theatrical release of justice league uh so um and you know man of steel i mean i could probably just uh, in my sleep tell you about that movie and, and randy i'm surprised that you wouldn't be like oh hey that was cool like chris cornell seasons is in this, the movie that's a good point i actually thanks for bringing awesome. that up because that i almost that was a note that i took while i was watching the movie it was like oh that's that's one of my favorite songs. From yeah, singles. I love that. So, I love yeah. that scene too. So uh, obviously well-versed in Man of Steel. And so, you know, Nick, you had said to go watch the extended version because, you know, it, 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 it's amazing how much different a movie can be 45 minutes, uh, even in an hour with additional material. I mean, right. it, it really can make it a lot more cohesive. So yeah, I think that they did a little bit more justice to, um, to Man of Steel, to Superman, um, in that and, and really kind of set up things a little bit better for, you know, what would have been Zack Snyder's movie. I mean, I don't think it would have been four hours long. Um, and so, yeah, I really actually having gone through this, I'm actually glad to go back and watch that because I think that movie made much more sense. And, and I enjoyed it much more thoroughly with his extended cut than I did the first time that we saw it. Um, and I don't remember every scene that they threw in additional, but 
the thing that uh, um, was was crazy to me um, in in that uh, that Batman versus Superman though still how much I hate Jesse Eisenberg. I mean, he's just <laughs> so terrible. Like he nearly ruined an entire movie. At least for me, I think he was just a terrible. He was just so. I don't know. It was uncontrollably nerve-wrackingly hateful on that dude in that movie. And I like him in most everything, but <clears throat> does he not remind just... you of Adam a little bit? Oh yeah. We made that joke. He is. Adam <laughs> yeah. In that, in that yeah. Movie. yeah but there. Adam would have been wait 10 times better. Like Jesse <laughs> went to some weird acting thing that was just ridiculous in that movie. So, um, but yeah, so that was one real positive going through this experience is going back and having a little bit more appreciation for um, Batman versus Superman. And that whole opening sequence for Batman uh, versus Superman was so much better in this extended cut. Uh, it was really, really good. And um, so I, I liked, you know, I liked it much better that way going into um, to the Snyder cut. And, and I think that like, you know, Warner Brothers, so dumb in some respects. They had such so a dumb. great opportunity. So dumb. Um, especially after Batman versus Superman, where they could have set up, you know, they could have set up some of this stuff with some additional movies if they really wanted to, because clearly, like, Cyborg completely deserves his own, deserved his own movie, his own origin story. Like, that's the reason why the Snyder Cut is so great, because... You know, you get a lot of that. I, I if you do, just look at Joss Whedon's, you know, version, it's it's a throwaway character, and it didn't make any sense in the movie. But it, he is so integral to what's going on, and you know, his backstory and everything made me appreciate that dude so much more. You know, he should have had a movie just like if if Marvel was doing this, that's what they would have done. They would have set up this big thing, just like they did Avengers. You know, Justice League would have been the big payoff for you know a cyborg movie and a Flash origin movie, and then um, you know we had Wonder Woman, so that was good and set. Um, and then maybe Aquaman, but <clears throat> it just uh, seemed like a dang shame to have to do all of that in one movie. It's yeah. too much. It was yeah. just too much for that to happen. So, you know, as a result, we got what we got with with the the you know original version that came out in the theaters with Justice League, and I hated that. I just thought it wasn't that great, and I thought that it didn't pay real homage off to to you know Man of Steel and and to you know Superman, which is my favorite character, anyways. Um, so that was one thing I got from the Snyder cut, but going back also, you know, you're right, Nick, about the, the Batman combat in, in stuff. It's because it's such a more brutal, um, you know, version of that. And he's probably like the biggest Batman we've ever had oh, he's huge. Um, yeah, he's like by far. Foot. And so you kind of appreciate that power. And I think just seeing them be a little bit more badass and, and violent really is, is like, you know, the characters are so much more explosive than I think the, the Marvel characters can be at some times. And that's okay. I'm totally okay with them being more violent kind of nature um, because you know, you've got Batman in there and he's, you know, he can be a pretty violent dude. But that was great to be able to see some of that come to fruition and to see all that laid out uh, with the Snyder Cut was, I think, a really, really good thing. Plus, you know, the whole storyline, I, I mean, like Randy, I'm not, I don't come at this with a comic book super knowledge like a lot of people like like more than you know Nick has more, far more than I do and some of his friends far more than he does 
So I, I come at that at a movie kind of like goer, you know, I grew up watching the movies, you know, Superman one, two, and three and four, unfortunately. Um, and so those are the, the things I appreciate and, and that's how I get into stuff. And so I don't know all the backstories, which is why it's important when I see these movies that I get a little bit of that. And so that whole thing with the dark seed and, um, you know, it explaining what happened and what these mother boxes are all about and the, all of that was explained here in the Snyder Cut where you had no damn clue what was going on in Joss Whedon's version. And so, um, yeah, it was a much more enjoyable thing, but it's four hours long and it's still a crap ton of, you know, CGI. um, And and it's just, you know, a lot of CGI battling, which sometimes gets long in the tooth for me. A couple, you know, real criticisms, I guess, would be, I didn't like what Zach did actually with the Wonder Woman theme song. I didn't like that new version of what they were doing. I like her regular version, but that's just a personal taste thing. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, it took too long to get Superman involved. I mean, it's almost half way into the movie is when you first, you know, they first bring that guy back to life. And uh, that's a whole weird situation anyways and hard to explain, but it's explained a little bit better in this than, than anything, you know, how they're able to do it. And, um, you know, Barry in Flash, he has a much, you know, broader story in this, even though he, it's not a ton, it was still enough to help you understand what his powers were and how they were useful for what was going on. So him and Cyborg together doing this thing was, was a great combo, I thought. Um, so, yeah, it was far more enjoyable uh, product that you got than with what we had in, in the original. And so after seeing this, Though I will disagree with Randy. I thought that the Joker stuff was just, I thought that that scene was just garbage. Like it was, I was like, oh, Jared Leto, what the hell was that? I mean, it was kind of just weird. Um, Though the rest of the epilogue, I I was okay with. I thought it was pretty cool to see what was going on with the other characters. I personally am with a lot of other people out there who would love to see Zack Snyder's, you know, vision of what this is like to come, you know, to fruition and continue on. I don't think that's, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, though there's some rumors out there that there's a particular person that might have some involvement that would make it happen, but we'll see. It's just a rumor um, that I've been hearing. But other than that, I thought, you know, a far better movie than the first time we saw it with the Joss Whedon version. What's, uh, sure. what's the letter grade you would throw on the, the Snyder cut, sir? Um, I'd give it a B minus. All right. Not bad. Not bad at all. And then just before I get into my whole spiel, I suppose just for Randy's sake, or in case anybody decided to skip out on the the first version of, of justice league that we should talk about the differences, you know, just so you kind of have an idea of what, how different the movie really was. So first of all, there's, there is a lot more Superman in, in Joss Whedon's version of justice league, but it's, not good Superman. It's really bad CGI Superman. Oh, I didn't even mention that. I can't believe oh. I didn't even mention that. How, <laughs> how, how could they do it so bad? How Why could... would they log jam it in there? I have no idea. No but, idea. Because it's it's just terrible. It's terrible. But, is but, he also dead and coming back to life in that yeah, one too? No, does no, it, does Batman it take place Superman. after? Yeah, it, Batman vs okay. Superman is still the same. It's just he's dead, but like they 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 try to tie into 
like what a hero Superman was and why people want him and why he's missed and what a hero he was. But they do all this like like this cell phone footage of like kids talking to Superman and it's just really bad CGI and it doesn't belong. But I'm sure one of the criticisms they got from fans when they first saw it was like, hey, Superman's barely in this thing. What the hell? But the story is more about getting the, the crew back. And, and, and it's an impossible story. Jay's right. There's so much stuff they have to log jam into this thing so that you realize there is a Justice League before they even get into the Superman part that you're like, holy crap, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So it's a nearly impossible job. But they cut right to Steppenwolf, who looks very different in the original, much more CGI. This one, he's a little bit more badass, at least. Um, but they cut right to him trying to get the mother boxes. They don't explain what the hell the mother boxes are. They never really explain what the mother boxes do. And what it really felt like, at least at that point, was this is just a huge ripoff of the Tesseract. You know what I mean? And still, essentially, it kind of is. But at least there's some explanation. I mean, the first 10 minutes of this movie, you understand more about what's going on than you do in the entire original Justice League cut, which is nuts. It took it took a, a few minutes to figure out that um, that that Steppenwolf was different than and then uh, Darkseed. Okay. Uh, in the beginning, because they're all big and brooding. You know what I mean? When, yeah, but you remember that Darkseid wasn't in the first movie at all, right? Like they they barely mentioned they mentioned his name right. once, but Darkseid isn't in the movie at all. So right, that's, which that's is new why as well. which is why the, the Snyder Cut version that that you know I kind of got those characters mixed up for a second until you know he, he starts ordering around like you know Thanos would order around some of his other like Ronin or whatever if you want to yeah. give that as an example the Guardians of the Galaxy, but right, yeah. And so there, you, you, you don't know what the mother boxes are. Uh, you don't know where Cyborg comes from. He just kind of shows up. He's not a really important part of the story at all. Uh, they barely mentioned Flash as well. Like you get his, his origin story. And then like they cut to the, the bringing Superman back to life. And in, in the original Joss Whedon version, uh, Batman, uh, they just kind of want to bring him back to life. There's no real explanation why, just because they think he can kick a little ass, but they don't explain the Superman connection to the mother boxes at all, like they do in this one. Like right away, Superman's death scream is the calling out of things, which makes so much more sense why Steppenwolf would come. You have no idea why he comes in the first one, in the first Justice League version of things. Uh, and so that's explained much better. And then of course, Superman comes back, but he's wearing the regular uniform and he just kicks a little bit of ass. And then the movie is pretty much over. That's the extent of it. And you get a little, and it's there's a couple more one-liners and stuff like that, but it's it's a very fast moving hour and I think 40 minute movie with the original Justice League, but you don't, you don't have any idea who Cyborg is or any of that stuff. And so that's why people were a little upset. So I think that in a, in a perfect world, obviously, even, you know, if this movie, even if Snyder had his pure vision of it, nobody's going to see a four hour version of things in the movie theater. I think that's why the HBO Max thing was smart. And then you could break it up. It's broken up into parts as well. So really, unless you're doing a podcast that you don't have to watch four hours of this movie in a <laughs> row if you don't want to. Um, and so there's that version of things too. But the one thing that, that I appreciated as I kind of look back, first of all, I should probably say, I feel like I'm a Zack Snyder apologist. Um, I enjoy most of his stuff more than a lot of people do. Um, I love 300. I love Day of the Dead. Watchmen, I think, is a very, very good movie. Uh, not a lot of people think that. I loved Man of Steel. And uh, while I, when, when, when Batman v Superman came out, I had some real problems with it um, and hated the Martha thing and still do, by the way. But uh, when, when I rewatched the um, I cut, I, I really appreciated the story and the world building that Zack Snyder has done. And the one thing that he's done, if you watch all these movies back to back, what, what this movie really is or what this whole Snyderverse really is, 
it's it's a story about being a dad. Do you know what I mean? And maybe that's why I connect with it so much. It's about, you know, the first movie is about Kevin Costner trying to teach his son that, you know oh, what? Oh, man. It's, it's that's so where it gets good. me. That's where it so gets good. me. And then in the second movie, you know, even though we've seen it a billion times, Bruce Wayne is is an a-hole because he lost his dad and his mom, of course, too. But, you know, Thomas Wayne getting shot in front of him is a huge deal. That's what turns him into Batman. And then he sees all this destruction from Man of Steel and he thinks of his employees as his kids. And so there's the fatherhood angle there. And then, I mean, there's so many fatherhood angles in the Snyder Cut. You've got Flash and his dad connecting via the jail stuff. You've got, you know, obviously Cyborg and his father, which that's a whole other storyline that was completely cut out of the first justice league but this is so important that his dad connection in this movie is so huge that that's a big part of it as well and maybe that's why this whole thing cohesively plays so well to me is that he created this world that there really is about being uh, a dad and struggling to do that kind of stuff and struggling to do the right thing for your kid and then failing and then you know trying to do the best and sacrificing what you can for your kid and so there's a very personal connection on there that that these movies relate to me and a lot of a lot of problems that that people have with with Zack Snyder and, and the world that he created is it's just too dark it's too serious it's too whatever and and to me uh, especially upon revisiting these movies I feel like even though Christopher Nolan gets a lot of this for his, his Dark Knight trilogy, I feel like Zack Snyder did a really good job of creating a world in which it's pretty realistic what it would be like when, when these, these you know, characters came to life right now. My biggest problem I had with Batman versus Superman when I first saw it in 2015 was I was like, man, this is so dumb. Why would they why would they have Superman go in front of Congress? Why would they why would why would people be upset that Superman existed? That doesn't make any sense to me. It's just dumb. Why would they politicize it? And then, you know, looking at it in the 2021 mirror, I'm like, mm-hmm. of course, we politicize everything. If Superman came down to earth right now, there would be a huge political talking point. It's all we would talk about and there would definitely be a group of people that hated the fact that there was somebody that they couldn't control doing stuff like this. And so the most unrealistic or the part that I hated the most became very, very, I guess, palatable to me upon a reviewing in 2020, because yes, you know what? We politicize stuff that shouldn't be politicized all the time in real life. So it's not shocking at all that an alien coming down to earth and claiming to be a protector of America is something that we would probably want sanctions on. Do you know what I mean? Because that's the kind of country we are. And so it it really did in that light, make it a little bit more like, wow, this is actually kind of fortune telling almost to a point. And, and yes, you know, there's a lot of God stuff that is, that is forced down your throat in this trilogy. I mean, Zack Snyder making the parallels to, to Jesus with, with Superman is not lost on me for sure. But, you know, also with the Batman stuff, man, I, I know I'm, I get crap for this all the time, but I love Ben Affleck as Batman. I, I was happy with the casting. I loved it when I first saw it. And I still think, you know, really to me, he's my favorite cinematic version of it because he kicks ass and he doesn't have a goofy voice. It, all of that stuff is fixed with him just simply saying it's 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 a monitored thing and giving it a little computerized voice. So he doesn't have to have that goofy, you know, cookie monster voice that the other Batmans do, which I, I like a little bit more. And in this movie more than any, in these movies and in more than any other Batman universe, you can actually see him kicking ass. The fight scenes are amazing, straight up amazing in these two movies. And it's just nice to see Batman pull stuff off and all the other ones, even Christopher Nolan's, there's a lot of darkness in there and there's a lot of close-ups and there's not a lot of seed sight to action stuff with, with the Batman universe. And this was really nice to see Ben do it and him being the older broken down. I made some mistakes. I'm trying real hard to fix that kind of stuff and him trying to bring back Superman because he realized what a jerk he was in that second movie really does 
play a little bit better in this one. Now, the issues that I have with, with, the, with the Snyder Cut is the same as anybody. I mean, if you take out 80% of the slow motion, we're looking at a three-hour movie. Um, I, I don't know why that there, there was the, the, the Irish folk song at the beginning and she, her sniffing the sweater with Aquaman, that scene that could be cut for sure. There's a lot of stuff that's in there that's filler, clearly. But yes, this tells a much more cohesive story. It really does kind of put the finishing touches on the universe that Zack Snyder created. And then the epilogue builds up to a little bit more of what would happen if he gets another chance. And so I'm, I'm in the a minus territory here for me, as far as Zack Snyder's justice league, it's a lot to take in. You kind of have to be okay with it, but uh, I liked it way more than I thought I was going to. And I was really surprised how different the movie was from the theatrical cut that we saw, because the thing that I had heard coming in and it's true was they didn't have to reshoot pretty much anything. I mean, all this footage was in the can that Joss Whedon could have worked with. And the movie that we saw was the one that came out in theaters. And that's just like the ultimate weird thing to me. Like they decided to take all this cool, like, I mean, they, all the action scenes, the action scene uh, that was uh, the beginning against the, the Amazonians against Steppenwolf, that was like truncated down to two minutes. The, uh, you know, the, the original dark side battle, obviously dark side, not in the whole movie. So they took it all out. They show like a little kind of clip of it, but that's it. And then, you know, the wonder woman action scene in the very beginning where she saves those kids in the bank is better than any action sequence in wonder woman 84. It's so cool to see wonder woman actually kicking ass. And that's what makes me fall in love with that character. And then the, Flash origin story is one of my favorite things ever put to screen when it comes to the DC universe. That's a beautiful setup of him saving that woman from that car accident, using his powers, and then still having a little bit of flash fun. And then the cyborg, you know, he is the heart of the movie. I mean, and all that stuff is cut out. And so to see what they made and what they could have had and what we got is is incredibly, you know, sad to know that a studio would do that to their own property and make that much of a mess out of it. Uh, now where they go from here, who the hell knows? I mean, I, I, if it, what, what were you hearing, Jay? What rumor of somebody being involved in it that, that maybe want to bring Snyder some more money? Uh, the Rock. Oh, really? Oh, because of Black Adam and him being involved in the DC Bla universe? Black Adam and the, and the fact that he is a huge proponent of apparently Henry Cavill as Superman. God. He's so and, good. Yeah, he is. He is. And he wants he wants a man of steel too. And he wants to maybe his his production team do it. Um, but you know, with then and you know, Warner Brothers hooking their hitch to it and the money that rock the rock brings might change their mind, maybe. We'll see. Um, but that's Warner what Warner Brothers would have to do some real mea culpa stuff. I mean, I don't know, because uh, they they did they went out of their way not only to make sure that a lot of people didn't see this at the very beginning, but also, you know, since it's come out, they've done a bunch of interviews saying this is the end of Zack Snyder with, with DC. So we'll see what happens. But you may be interested, and we could venture into spoiler territory here. Did you want to know where this stuff was going to go and what Zack Snyder was going to do? Because I actually looked that up so I can tell you what, how this was all supposed to wrap up if you want to know. Sure, it's better than you hearing you gush all over a B minus movie. I really liked it. I, this is the third time I watched it, and I think it's really, really good. So, uh, so the in the original Justice League movie in the theatrical cut, you you have that end scene where where Deathstroke comes to Lex Luthor on the on the yacht. Yes. And in the movie, they set it up as the creation of of the uh, the league uh, the criminal. I can't even now. I can't remember the, the league of, of bad guys or whatever the hell it's called in the DC universe. And um, and then in this movie, in the Justice League, in Zack Snyder's Justice League, it's set up where he just tells him Bruce Wayne's name. You know, Bruce Wayne is Batman. And so that was supposed to set it up directly into Ben Affleck's solo Batman movie that he was set to write and direct. 
until uh, he had such a hard time with Joss Whedon that he decided he didn't want to be Batman anymore. And so uh, that is that was where it was supposed to go. It was supposed to go Deathstroke versus Batman in the Batman solo movie. And then it was all leading into Justice League 3, which of course, or 2, I should say, which of course was getting the band back together and then Darkseid coming to Earth and figuring out the antimatter equation. And that is where he kills Lois Lane. And then he using, because Lois Lane is dead, Superman obviously freaks out because that's the connection. And uh, and then he turns with the, using the antimatter um, equation. Anti-life. Anti-life. anti-life equation. He uses, uh, he turns Superman into a bad person, obviously. And that's where he kills Wonder Woman. He kills Aquaman. And that's where you have that, that very last scene where Batman is in like the post-apocalyptic world and Superman is the bad guy, that all comes to fruition because Superman becomes dark side on dark side side and they have to battle Superman to get him back and, you know, save the world essentially. And so the idea was Flash goes back in time to fix it all up, to convince Bruce Wayne to do the right thing. And then Bruce Wayne is supposed to, you know, this whole thing became a, a big deal. You remember the pregnancy test that you see in uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League in, uh, in Amy Adams' uh, dresser by her bed? I didn't. It's not very subtle. I mean, it's right there. That, that's to set it up, the fact that Amy Adams is pregnant. And you think it's Superman's baby, but it's actually Batman's baby because they got it on when Superman died. No. And so uh, that is where the idea that uh, that Lois Lane tells Batman it's not his baby, it's actually Superman's baby, but then she dies and obviously the baby dies too. So that's what freaks Superman out so much. He thinks that it's his I, kid. I retract yeah. what I said earlier about being in favor of the rest of Zack Snyder's vision. I am not. Wait, then of course, you know, Flash goes back in time and all that stuff is undone, you know, and he convinces Bruce Wayne basically to uh, sacrifice himself instead of Lois Lane. And so it is Batman who dies at the end of Justice League 2 and Lois Lane and Superman remain good and everything is done and there is no post-apocalyptic world. So the whole idea was to kind of give you the adventure of that going forward. I hate the idea of, of Lois Lane being pregnant with Batman's kid too. It's not from anything. It's just a weird Zack Snyder spin on things to give some motivation, but at least if there's any consolation, all that stuff would have been undone. And so it wouldn't have been real anyway, but it is a really weird plot line, but that was the idea that they were going to go forward with it. I don't know what, how big of a role the Joker and Jared Leto was supposed to play in that um, or, or anything, but I do know that that's where they were headed. And now where they go from here, who knows there's, their flash movie that is happening uh with ezra miller that's a thing that's going to happen um and uh i don't know what else past that you know i don't know what they're going to do with robert patterson um i don't know what the plan is for any there is no plan for any superman movies currently going forward i, I just would like to see you know henry cavill play him in whatever they decide to do but who knows where they go from here well you can't trust anything that these warner brothers i mean they screwed things up so bad yeah. by all their decisions just were it was crazy and, and it's too bad because uh there's some really good there was some really good work throughout this bunch of movies um even though some of it i didn't like it was still really worthwhile to to get to see uh, on the big screen especially i mean it'd be great to see Zack snyder's cut on a big screen yeah, I mean, I wonder how it would do if a four-hour movie got a theatrical cut. I mean, people complain about it when it's they're sitting in the comfort of their own home and we watch series for 12 hours a pop and this becomes an issue. But I don't know how it would do. I mean, I would love to see in the big screen too, but I just don't know if there's enough you know, interest in that kind of a thing. But again, if this were a perfect world, there ain't no way a four-hour movie cut is getting made in 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 a theatrical release this is strictly like a dvd or a well or like a i said you would you would you, they didn't need to have a four-hour movie if they just done some due diligence and 
you know, had a couple other movies if they really wanted to emulate what the MCU was doing and and have some forethought into how these things could could line up. Um, you know, they, they could have saved themselves a lot. It, we would you would right. have had a chance to to really have. And then who knows? The Justice League could have been then the billion dollar baby that you know, or, or multi billion dollar thing that that ends up happening when you have these you know movies with everybody in it. This is what happens when, when uh, worst case scenario, when money talks, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're just, they, they just wanted to be Marvel so bad that they forced the shot. And you're right. It would have been so, I mean, that cyborg as a movie, you could have had an hour and a half movie of cyborg as a, as a creation. But then, you know, the other part of it is, I don't even think they know what the hell they're doing, man. Because, you know, if you go back to Batman versus Superman and you talk about how that was the introduction to Wonder Woman, because it was before the Wonder Woman movie, that was the introduction to it. And then even Justice League, they talk about, you know, a big part of that is Wonder Woman has been underground for 80 years. I mean, the Batman versus Superman, Wonder Woman is introduced trying to get a photo that was a big deal in the original Wonder Woman because nobody has seen her in, you know, almost 100 years, right? She's been underground. But Wonder Woman 84 undoes all of that because don't forget, in Wonder Woman 84, she did a telecast to the entire world in the climax of the movie. So Nobody cares about your complaint. Nobody cares about it. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I don't even, all I'm saying is Warner Brothers bastardizes their own stuff stuff all the time because they don't know what they're doing so it shouldn't be a surprise that they can't keep this stuff straight when they can't keep movies straight from each other and they're the ones putting them out so it's they're just they're it's the equivalent of 20th century fox back when they were doing the x-men stuff it's just bad most of it's bad there's some of it that's really good but most of it's bad because the studio sucks well yeah back then i don't think there was no roadmap but there's a roadmap now on how it can be done it just takes a lot of investment and trust and time you you have to take time Nobody wants to take the time. They want to make the money right away. That's well, the problem. Well, it takes time and then the egolessness of it. I mean, you know, you don't hear Kevin Feige walking around talking about how he knows everything about the Marvel Universe. He's the constructor of all of it. But you know, I would expect that, you know, the Warner Brothers people be walking well, around. Make no mistake, I, I'm uh, positive that Zack Snyder also has a pretty big ego. But, you know, that's the thing. Although I will say this, you remember, uh, it was because of, uh, was it this? No, it was the Owl movie. We almost remember we almost had Zack Snyder on the show. We were like this close to talking to Zack Snyder, and we had um, we had <laughs> Superman's mom was on the show, which was a fun interview when Man of Steel came out, and then we also talked to Henry Mannix as well, who was uh, now a Martian Manhunter in this movie, which is very oh, yeah. interesting too. Yeah, another that former was, guest the morning after. That would have been really, really, really cool because that was out of left field. I mean, yeah. You know, and Zach awesome. had said that he had he'd always said from the very beginning that he knew that was going to be Martian Manhunter, which is crazy, but awesome. Still awesome. So that's it overall. Uh, Randy, lukewarm, Big J, a little bit hotter, but still lukewarm. And I'm red hot for Zack Snyder's Justice League overall. Uh, but would you say it's worth checking out overall? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially if you have HBO Max uh, and you don't, you know, again, you don't have to be dedicated to it. It's broken up in parts and you can... Um, you can go through it that way if you really don't want to sit around for four hours. Randy, do you regret making the decision to watch it all? Do you feel like your time would have been better spent doing something else? Uh, potentially, but you know that's that's the great thing about this <laughs> podcast is it gets me to watch movies I normally wouldn't, you know, and and get introduced to those worlds. So, like Jay said, since it's at home and you have HBO, if you have HBO Max, then why not give it a try, right? So, 
Beautiful. That is our take on Zack Snyder's Justice League. I know everybody was waiting with bated breath to how we would respond to it, and that is it. So uh, this is a very special edition of the podcast. Hopefully, uh, as more movies come into theaters, you will see us a little bit more often doing these podcasts. That's what we like to do is go check out movies and then yap about them. So uh, it's a cool place to do it, and thank you for checking out the podcast.